Praise the Lord. It's chat time again. Yes, praise the Lord. It is chat time again. Now, this week we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. It's chat time again, and it's also time for. Did you ever wonder? Did you ever wonder where a, a certain saying comes from? And how about, you know, you've heard people say, let's get to the root of the matter. Let's just get to the bottom of this. You know, so that comes from the Bible. Job chapter 19, verse 28. And it says, But ye should say, Why persecute we him, seeing the root of the matter is found in me? So now you know where that saying comes from. So I'm going to continue with um, some current events. Some are kind of... Not so new, but this one, somebody sent this to me a while ago, and I didn't talk about it, but, you know, I saw it on Channel 12 News just this last week. And this article is about this uh, Brooklyn bishop, and they call him um, the bling bishop, <laughs> he was robbed of over $400,000 in jewelry in the middle of his live stream sermon. Can you imagine? Right in the middle of his sermon, mm. church service. But he was showing, you know, he was, I guess, wearing a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of bling. <laughs> I don't know, diamonds, jewels. Yeah, so imagine. this happened on July 24 while he was speaking to his congregation when men burst into the 
Leaders of Tomorrow International Ministries in Brooklyn, New York. But apparently, the thieves only got away with a sliver of his valuables. In the video, it shows that uh, Lamar Whitehead, who is the bishop, was wearing a white beanie and hoodie saying, good afternoon, good afternoon, everybody. This is Bishop, Bishop Whitehead, and I'll walk down my walk down to my prayer closet. I guess he was showing off. I don't know if this was ahead of time or if it was during the service or, or whatever, but he was showing off his, what he calls his prayer closet, painted in white and lime green, shelves of clothing all along the walls while sealed bags of clothes and boxes lay untouched on the ground. One would think that, well, look at your closet. And he, he said, while well, giving a closer look at his designer clothing, got all my priestly robes and more, designer coats, you name it, Gucci, Louis, you name it, Fendi, you name it. He said, before turning his attention to the unopened boxes and clothing bags on the floor, more coats, he said, before turning into a secluded section of his closet for his shoes. Every designer wear, designer wear for days and days and days and days, he said. Well, he was robbed at his church prior to the video being taken because people knew what he was, he was about and what he wore. So he was preaching to his congregation while dressed in a maroon suit while styling a gold long chain and large ring on each finger. He was videoed telling his congregants before the men arrived with guns, how many of you have lost your faith because you saw someone else die? <laughs> he is then go seen going down on his knees while, when the robbers approached and can be heard saying, all right, all right. The men are then seen circling around the stage as they robbed the bishop and the wife and the congregation. Oh, describing describing the events, he explained on Instagram that the robbers aimed a gun at his back while they took his bishop's cross, the jewelry he was wearing from the top of and under his shirt. Bishop Whitehead said, I told everyone to get down. I didn't know if they wanted to shoot the church up or if they were coming for a robbery. They took all of my wife's jewelry, all of my jewelry, and the police confirmed that the robbery stole $400,000 worth of jewelry. Can you imagine? He later told his followers on social media that his congregation is now traumatized by the incident along with his daughter. The church man also said he ran after the robbers and saw them take off their masks while he and get away in a white Mercedes. I thought they caught him later on. Well, that's what was on the news just this last week. Well, mm. one of them, I think, Channel 12 said they caught one of them. Okay. But, you know, what this reminds me of is Hezekiah. You know, uh. after the Lord healed him, and then he, he was just, some people came. From Babylon. And he, he started showing, he said, come on in. And he started showing him his whole house right. and everything that he owned. Yep. And then uh, when the prophet heard that he had done that, he said, you showed him everything? He said, everything. He said, I didn't leave out anything. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of it? Yeah. 
And the Lord, but the Lord was going to do it anyway. He wasn't going to let Hezekiah know that he was going to do it. But then he told him, he said, everything you showed him. So everything they stole. He said, yeah, they're going to come and they're going to take it. Hezekiah said, okay, as long as it's not in my time. <laughs> but see, because, because of the sins, it was going to happen anyway. Not because he showed them. God was going to do it anyway, but he wasn't going to tell Hezekiah about it. But that teaches that teaches a lesson. Yeah. You don't bring strangers into the house because you think that they're somebody. Right. You know, or they're important and, and people. show things, yeah. And then you say, look at here, look yeah. at this, look it's, at this, look right. what I have here. Because then they come back later on and take it. That's right. But, but they were going to take it anyway. Well, that doesn't matter. It still yeah. is a lesson learned. Right. But Hezekiah said, as long as they don't have it in my time. He said, you know, God is just. <laughs> it's like the people, because even though Hezekiah was, was living righteous, the people weren't. Even though he acknowledged the Lord, the people didn't. Anyway, moving on. A Christian factory worker in Scotland was fired after he told his, after he told his line manager that he wouldn't take off his crucifix necklace as it had a deep and profound meaning for him. And... The quality inspector, he was a quality inspector, and uh, his employer was Two Sisters Food Group Limited in Cupar Angus, Scotland, and he wore this silver necklace that had been sanctified during a baptism ceremony for his godchild. A mem he's a member of the Russian Orthodox Church, and... Um, he lost his job. Was it a safety issue? Because I, I imagine if he was on a line, I don't know what type of job he had, but if he was on a line and this necklace was hanging out. They did say it was deemed a hazard at the workplace. But then he was again, you know, he took it off and then he was again found wearing it again at the factory and he refused to take it off. And per the company's foreign body control policy, staff were not allowed to wear jewelry except a single plain band ring in the production areas on site. And religious jewelry required a risk assessment before being allowed. So that sounds like it's kind of iffy. Like why, why did religious jewelry require a risk assessment? And, uh, and you know, other, it sounds like it was... That he was singled out? I think so. Well, anyway... Um, he sued them. He was fired after he was told that he couldn't do that because he refused to take it off. But he sued them, and the court awarded him $26,000 in a religious discrimination suit. Okay, so they were discriminating. It had nothing to do with safety. The court ruled that it was a violation of the rights per Article 9 of European Convention on Human Rights. So, they just, they just didn't like the fact that he was displaying a cross. Probably had been anything else, they never would have said anything. So, tell me, what does everybody think about worldly music? Yeah, you know, I mean, is it, is it okay for <laughs> Christians, people that are saved, to listen to worldly music? I don't think that they, uh, the Bible says if you are, if you're feeling good, he said you, you listen to Psalms, you meditate on um, the words of the Lord, you sing you know, gospel, you sing those things that pertain to the Lord. W music 
has a spirit about it. So and is it a sin? I believe it can lead to sin. I don't think that saints are supposed to be indulging in worldly music, especially, it depends on the type. When we say worldly music, I'm thinking of music whose lyrics that don't, stall the flesh. Yeah, that don't pertain to the Lord, don't uplift right. the Lord, don't that, edify your spirit in right. the Lord. So. Yeah, I think of music that edifies the flesh, that stimulates the the. A part of a person that indulges in iniquity. That's what I think of when like they say worldly music. Yeah, like say, friends, for example, Marvin Gaye's sexual healing. That right. doesn't have anything to do with the Lord. Right. That does. That appeals to a person's flesh. And, and it's blasphemous. Yeah. So, so when you think, and then there's certain songs that sound classical, but they're still, it's worldly, it's still, uh, it's, it's still blasphemous. Just like, a, I'm trying to think, a hallelujah, a broken hallelujah, This whatever that song is, you know, and Something David, something sad. Oh yeah, it's nonsense. I mean, people like the melody, but the but the song itself has no place to me in a Christian home or in church, or, because you have to be mindful of the words that you sing, and and the feelings or the spirit that music can conjure up. Because even even the prophet said he wanted to send for the people who were anointed and, and, and sung. You you just you just I mean when Paul and Silas sang at midnight, it shook the jail. All right. So does it matter what the if it's the music itself, or does it matter about the lyrics? It's both. I remember this one person. He was from Africa. And, you know, people tour different countries, and they observe their music, they participate, and they had observed uh, these people who were drummers. And they came back to the United States, and they were incorporating this drum beat into their song. And the African said, why are you playing voodoo drums? He wanted to know, why are you playing those particular drum beats? He said, that's voodoo. And, you know, sometimes people pick up things and they, they don't really research. They, it just sounds good to them. Okay. So what about if a pastor has a child who performs worldly music? Well, he can't. I mean, is, well, you mean by child, you mean like uh, a minor or an adult? I would say like, say, for instance, C.L. Franklin and Aretha Franklin. C.L. Franklin... Uh, was Aretha Franklin's dad, and she saw, you know, worldly music. Yeah, but know? was she grown when she did it? I think she was an adult. She what about a 16-year-old? Uh. People, be, if they're greedy after money, if they feel like the person's going to make it in, in this industry and, and they're going to make it big, they might allow it, but I don't think saints should. For one thing, the music industry is brutal. And like one person said, even regarding gospel, he said, believe me, if you made it as a gospel singer and you made it big he said you've compromised your principles some of your principles he said no doubt about it couldn't convince him otherwise but i mean what do you think the the father or the pastor should say to the child that music has i mean is it okay to to not discipline the child well i i don't if they're 16 then they need parental permission and so, I mean, you don't have to just tell them no. So when they become an adult, they can do anything they want. But as long as they're under their roof, knowing that lifestyle, knowing that music evokes a, it's a spiritual connection in music. Well, Elevation Church founder and senior pastor Stephen Furtick and his wife Holly recently came under fire 
online for supporting their teenage son's music, which includes references to sex, guns, and excesses of money. And so this, he's 16 years old. His name is Elijah Furtick. And his hip-hop artist na stage name is Do The Dash, released his first album called Teen Machine. And the album begins with the 30-second intro that states that the songs are genuine reflection of some dimension of the author's experience or personality, while also noting that most of the lyrical content reflects experiences that are fictitious, exaggerated, tongue-in-cheek, and otherwise wildly inaccurate. So his Lies. opening song... <laughs> Okay. His opening song is called No Hook, and it features references to oral sex, That's drinking so Hennessy, and his bro keeping a gun. The music video for the song has over 54,000 views on YouTube, and following the album's release, Furtick praised his son for his hard work and called him an inspiration. That's so silly. And so the congregation's looking at him like, really? <laughs> you know, uh, no. And people. So he, I don't know. The, the pastor explained that uh, he uh, challenged, that Elijah challenged, you know, his son challenged himself to learn how to make tutorial videos uh, for his YouTube channel. And his ultimate biggest inspiration was Elijah believing his voice, lyrics, and melodies were enough to create the project. Elijah's mother, Holly Furtick, told his son, told her son that she is so proud of the project. I don't see how. I, this, to me, this is like people who enable a strength in the hands of, of the wicked, or you, or you strengthen somebody in their wrongdoing rather than to stand up, and you're looking at what? Popularity, like the Lord said, who is man? I mean, that you should uh, basically sell out. So people are saying that um, that Furtick is disqualified from ministry for failing to run his house well, in addition to false teaching. And um, I can understand that because that doesn't make any a sense. A San Diego hip hop artist and professing Christian shared his thoughts in a reaction video to Elijah's song No Hook on YouTube. I don't blame him, Elijah, because he's a kid. It's not his fault. This was co-signed by his mom. He posted it, and the mom was like, yeah, by endorsing it. You right, know? and it's wrong. I mean, the message is wrong. The spirit behind it is wrong. You know, there was a person that was like that and, and condemned certain styles of dress, but their son, oh my goodness, when he came out decided that he was going to try and make it into the that particular world came out gothic and you would think that the, that the person would have said no i preached against it nope took him to the store himself so uh -huh. so i'm saying people look at those things so when this um rapper from uh san diego or hip-hop artist from san diego professing to be a christian mm -hmm. He tried to reach out to Furtick concerning his son, but the mega pastor, mega church pastor, allegedly blocked him on social media. So uh, he feels like when you have a song that's literally all hyperbolic nonsense of stuff that 
he's not living, this is bad for your career. Well, well who cares about the career? It's bad for your soul. I mean, you have, you're, you're inviting a certain type of spirit into your music and, into, and potentially into your heart. And so you just don't do it. I mean, the Bible says specifically, you, you, you make melody in your heart through psalms, through songs, hymns. and hymns, those things that pertain yeah. to the Lord. You know, I've known the saints who said, who were married and said that they had to put on a certain type of music to get in the mood. I'm thinking, really? <laughs> I'm thinking, wow. And I, I remember a minister telling me that they just loved their, to listen to jazz. There were two people. One was a mother of the church and this person was a minister. I'm thinking, really? But I, there's certain types of music within itself. I can't say all jazz music, just like there are people who listen to classical music. But there's nothing really spiritual about it. You know, what you like is the, the melody or the harmonization, which I can understand. But when it comes to the point where it begins to affect your, your spirit, your mood, then the Lord says you think on those things that pertain to him. You sing psalms, you sing hymns, you go to the gospel, you, you do that. You, because music will actually end up putting you in a certain frame of, of mind. And you have to recognize that there's a spirit that goes along with it. Yeah, I was, uh, this one, uh, to quote this one Christian rapper, he would say, if it ain't about God, it ain't about me. Right. <laughs> it has to, you have to be. And I think that the church should stop trying to follow after the world. So, I mean, nobody was thinking about rapping in the church until the world, they should say, that's the world, let the world have it. You shouldn't even try to bring it into the church. Well, Why? A lot, of, a lot of pastors believe that... Um, <clears throat> that's old school. That's old, you know, songs. I mean, this is yeah, a new heard, day and age. I heard somebody say that once. They, they told me the song was out of style. I said, how can a song giving God the praise be out of style? I looked at the person like, because if you talk about new style, the songs that they have nowadays, there's no spiritual inspiration behind it. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing. They, they try to be so carnal. This one guy, he was on stage, his pants were so tight, somebody should have said, get off the stage. <laughs> Yeah, cause I think now they they trying to they trying to draw the youth with with this hip hop thing. But they're it, trying but, to, but they're not drawing them to Christ. They're yeah. drawing them to a, a a certain frame of mind that is so worldly that they don't see the Lord in it. They just see the beat. Yeah. Right, right. And I was listening to some uh, mega pastor on on uh, on the radio just recently. And um, I don't, I, you know, they have their services streamed live, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, and they give messages. He and his wife, and then and then they have a a time where they just have the band play, and that just is noise. Right. I mean, I can't make out the words. I can't. Make, I mean, there's no real beat to it. I mean, there's very... There's no anointing there's because it's no, not giving God the praise. It, it's not like you're saying, oh, God, that's touching my heart. Right. It, it's not moving me. It's not... And actually, I turn it off. You know, right. I may listen to the message, but I won't listen to the music because I think that's so stupid. Because the, the music is supposed to give God the praise. And the music is supposed to please the Lord so until his anointing falls and 
People don't seem to understand that. I've seen people perform, and they're not singing unto the Lord. They're singing to the audience. They're entertaining the audience. They're looking for the audience to give them approval. And I'm thinking, but if they will sing unto the Lord under the anointing, God's presence, his anointing will fall. I remember people are going to a concert, and the singing was, was anointed, until the presence of the Lord, the anointing fell. And all the people who were demon-possessed were just coming out of the closet. <laughs> I said, oh, my gosh. I'm looking around like, where do I go? Where do I run? Because the anointing, I've been in two situations like that, where the anointing of the music caused the people who were hypocriting or who were looking for deliverance, it just, it, it, it just revealed so much so that people got saved that night. People got delivered. The anointing is what makes the difference. You want God to be pleased with your praise because it's a, it's a form of sacrifice. Anyway, moving on. So, and um, I don't know, this sounds like mixing apples and oranges. I don't know. It just sounds odd. There's a Florida Christian school, uh, Grace Christian School in Velrico, Florida, <clears throat> that sent out an email just recently, and it was obtained by NBC News. And it said in the subject line, <clears throat> important school policy, point of emphasis, please read. And the correspondence to parents cited scripture and said that students will be referred to by the gender on their birth certificates during the school year beginning this month. While the email refers to <clears throat> biological gender, the National Institute of Health defines gender as a social construct as opposed to sex, which is the biological difference between females and males. We believe that God created mankind in his image, male, man, female, woman, sexually different but with equal dignity. Therefore, one's biological sex must be affirmed and no attempt should be made to physically change, alter, or disagree with one's biological gender, including, but not limited to, elective sex reassignment, transvestite, transgender, non-binary, gender fluid acts of conduct. <clears throat> Students in school will be referred to by the gender on their birth certificate and referenced in, the, in name in the same fashion. It continued, we believe that any form of homosexuality, lesbianism, bisexuality, transgender identity, lifestyle, or self-identification, self bestiality, incest, fornication, adultery, and pornography are sinful in the sight of God and the church. Students found participating in these lifestyles will be asked to leave the school immediately. So I read this article, but then I thought, why are they in a Christian school? I don't get that. How can that be? How can what? How can how can transgender students, gay students, um, uh, how can thing is? Don't you think that um, they when a, a transgender enrolls in that Christian school, they, they would know that? They probably did, they couldn't, maybe they didn't enroll as a transgender. Maybe while they were in school, they decided to cross over. 
And then they discovered, well, okay, uh, when you enrolled, you you wanted to be, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just like you might have wanted to be, but you didn't present that. So you come in and and then the next thing you know, you tell them that you want to be referred to by your yeah, I know, but you would think pronouns. That, you would think that the rules before you enroll would have, unless they didn't have a... They probably didn't. Now they do. That's probably why they noted it, because they probably had a problem with people after all this... After the fact. All this confusion. Yeah, all this confusion. And then not, next thing you know, you're talking about people calling me, call me he, they, it. <laughs> you know, just stupidity. All right, that concludes our program for today. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Now, this week's verse of the day comes from Matthew 7 and 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which build his house upon a rock. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, when the Lord spoke to Job, how did he do it? And the answer is, out of the whirlwind. And that answer can be found in Job chapter 38, verse 1 and 2. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? This week's food for thought is, What tree in the Bible is never empty, never barren, and always has fruit on it. Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.